Once upon a time, you found out that you were pregnant. And all anybody wanted to know was, when are you due? What are you due? And you probably had some date to give them that maybe your provider gave you or maybe you figured out yourself. You probably put a big circle around it on your calendar because you were so excited about that day. Well, when that day gets close and nothing's happening, or maybe it's even in your rearview mirror now, that little date no longer is a point of excitement, but now it's a point of stress. So what do you do when everybody and their mama is wanting to know how come you haven't had your baby yet? What's wrong? Is the baby okay? Are you okay? What's the matter? Is your baby overdue? Are you broken? Well, those are a whole lot of questions that I bet you've heard. So in today's episode, we're going to find out all about it. Are you a Christian woman yearning for a beautiful, joyful pregnancy and birth with a focus on God, not medical tests? Are you worried the birth you want isn't possible and you're tired of being treated like an accident waiting to happen? Hey mama, I'm Lori, host of Your Birth, God's Way. I'm a certified nurse midwife now, but I wasn't always. After working for nearly 20 years in the broken maternity system, I too was in your shoes wondering how I could have the birth I wanted and that I felt God meant for me to have. I found a secret that has actually been known since the beginning of time. God's way is the best way. Spoiler alert, God made us and our babies and he knows us best. He designed us perfectly for pregnancy, birth, and nourishing our babies after birth if we work with his design and not against it. In this podcast, you'll learn how to be healthy and have joy during this time of life that will be over before you know it. So if you're ready to reclaim your birth and your babies for his glory, go turn on a few episodes of Bluey for that little one on your hip so you can put the focus back on you for a few minutes with me. Hey friend, do you wish there was a way to have a safe birth without worrying about being forced into treatments you don't want? Are you scared of having a C-section that isn't truly needed? Do you find yourself Googling things like, what will Pitocin do to my body? Girl, I know what it feels like to doubt the system and yearn for a better way. I was in your shoes, wanting a beautiful, God-filled birth, but worried about being sucked into things I knew I didn't want and I probably didn't need. Imagine if you could have a midwife on your side, coaching you on how to have your pregnancy and birth on your terms. Well, guess what? Now you can. That's why I created the Midwife and Me Power Hour just for you, where I'm going to help you identify and reach your pregnancy and postpartum goals and have the birth you're dreaming of. You'll be able to understand what you want and why you want it so you can clearly communicate those wants and wishes with your provider. You'll walk away with the knowledge and confidence you need to put together a plan for your birth and communicate your desires clearly with your provider. So if you're ready to take back control with God at the center through a customized plan based on your wishes, go grab one of five Midwife and Me Power Hours that I have available this month. I'll sit down with you one-on-one so we can map out your plan based on what you want, what's in your heart, and what God has in store for you. Go right now to bit.ly slash midwife power hour. Again, that's bit.ly slash midwife power hour and take the first step to reclaiming the peace and joy God intended for you to have in this beautiful time of life. I can't wait to help you. There is not much that excites me more than when I see a new review pop up on Apple Podcasts. And I want to know, have you left me a review yet? And if you haven't, what are you waiting on? Back in February, J.G. Barnett left me this awesome review, and I want to read it to you. 
It says, I love that I found this podcast. I love that the show is from a Christian perspective. The show is educational, encouraging, and thought-provoking. Thank you, Lori. Well, you're welcome, JG. I don't know what your name is because it just put in that. But regardless, whoever you are, you know who you are. And I thank you for taking the time to leave me a five-star review and leave a written review. If you haven't yet, could you pause this real quick? Head over to Apple Podcasts and just click on that little five-star thing, that last fifth star, and just write me a few words. Let me know what you think about the podcast. Let other people know what you think about the podcast because that's the best way that we can get the word out to more mamas just like you to help them also have their birth God's way. On to today's topic, the dreaded overdue baby. Dun, dun, dun. I always do it to my kids when we're reading a story and there's some kind of cliffhanger or scary thing that's happening. I go, dun, dun, dun. (laughs) So forgive me, that was in my head and it came out. But I want you to know right here, right now, that your womb, your uterus is awesome. And you are such a good mama and you are incubating that beautiful baby so perfectly that that baby wants to stay in there. Somebody told that baby that it's a cold world out here. It is mean and it is cold and that baby does not want to come out. That baby is happy in there. And guess what else? Your uterus does not have a calendar in it. And even if it did, your baby can't read that calendar yet. Your baby doesn't care about what your provider says about your deadlines. Your baby doesn't care what date you circled on that calendar we talked about in the intro. Your baby is chilling And he or she is happy and they don't care about your stress, about meeting deadlines that are artificial and kind of came out of nowhere. Due dates are actually not due dates at all. They're guest dates. They are based on averages. I need you to go way back to elementary school math when you first started studying averages. What is an average? An average is the middle of a group of numbers, right? So it can go up or down based on the numbers that are used when you're adding them up before you divide, right? Getting a little deep into the numbers. Let's not go too deep there, but you know what I mean. It is an average. An average means that there are some that are more than that, and there are some that are less than that. And very few are actually right there at that number that is labeled the average. But your guest date is the average. It is an average of 40 weeks from what the average ovulation is, again, an average, based on numbers that may be different for you. So it's based on a certain calculation of when ovulation usually happens. So if you didn't ovulate on that day, then your dates are already a little bit off from the start. And here's a little side note that you may not even realize. When someone says that you're 40 weeks, you're actually only about 38 weeks because those first two weeks you weren't even pregnant. My goodness, this is such a convoluted thing, right? But the whole world, for some reason, we have decided that we're going to call the guest date 40 weeks, even though it's really 38, but I digress. I do that a lot. So that guest date is actually an average, and it can be plus or minus one to two weeks off. So let's look at if your provider is trying to tell you that you are overdue and you're 40 weeks, but really your dates are more like 38 weeks. 
you're not overdue at all. Your baby is still on the early side. Even worse, let's say you're at 39 weeks and your provider's wanting to induce you, but you're really only 37 weeks. Can we really know exactly what your baby needs? What a textbook says is the right number of days that your baby needs may or may not be what your baby needs because your baby is the only baby like him or her. And what he or she needs might be different from every other baby. Of course, keep in mind that while I'm a midwife, I'm not your midwife. So you do need to talk to your provider about this. This doesn't need to be just you going in and demanding and declaring. But you need to know your situation. You need to know all the factors involved in your situation. And all these things need to be considered. Just know that whatever your situation is, that I know for sure God was there when that baby was made. God knows exactly what's going on with that baby right now in this moment. He's there with you right now. He knows what you need and he knows what your baby needs. And he knows if your baby is ready to be on this side of the world or still inside of you. So let's look at what we need to do when we're staring at this scary term of being overdue or post-dates. What do you do? Thing one, trust God. I know that's a surprise, right? Trust God. I've used that one several times, but it's true now more than it has been with any of the other things. And here's why. He was there the second your baby was made. I know that's a little weird for some of you to think about because you think sex is something that is just you and your husband and nobody else is there. And in general, that is true. And that's how it should be. But God made sex for you and your husband. And he made it on one level to make babies because he's there in every conception. He knew your baby was made when it was made, when he or she was made. He knew before your baby was made that your baby was going to be made. If you really want to get down to it, he knew at the creation about your baby, the very baby that is in your belly right now. He knows everything about that child. He made everything inside of that child. He knows if your baby is ready or not. He knows what it takes to get that baby that he made in your room, in your womb, special for you. He knows what it needs to get out. He knows what position he needs to be in. He knows all those things because he made you and he made that baby. And you need to trust that. There is not one cell in that baby's body that you could have made on your own. There is not one bone, not one organ. There's nothing. If you had all of the ingredients, the ingredients, is that the right word? All the parts, all the things that you needed to make it sitting in front of you, you could not put them together and create a kidney or a heart that functioned, but he can. And he does it to each and every human that has ever been born, including the baby in your belly right now. You need to trust that and know the beauty of that designer, that awesome creator that loved you enough to make you, loved you enough to make your mom who made you, and now has loved that baby inside of you enough to create that baby inside of you. I just, it's mind boggling all the levels of love that are in this process. Trust him. Know that he knows what is best. Know that he knows everything that's going on right now better than you know, better than your provider knows, and better than any textbook knows. That's thing one. Thing two, 
and this is very closely tied to thing one, is to trust your instincts. Because guess who gave you those instincts? God. Don't automatically think that you need to go get some tests done for you to know that everything is okay. Yes, your provider's going to want it. Yes, everybody's going to ask you all the questions about, did, did you get this done? Did you get that done? What did this say? What did that say? That's fine for them. But you know whether everything is okay or not. You know. Get in touch with listening to your body and listening to your gut. There is information that you can gather from these various testing situations that might be beneficial. But first stop is, what's your gut say? Is everything okay? I didn't trust my gut the way that I should have the first birth with, with AJ. Now, I trusted God, and I, and I was pretty sure that everything was fine. I felt like everything was fine. I knew I was still feeling movement. I knew that I was feeling the little kicks and the flutters, and everything just seemed normal, and nothing seemed out of the ordinary. I knew all that. But I was having fear projected on me, and I was falling a victim to it. And I don't want you to do that. I was having people, you know, my midwife telling me she thought I was getting preeclampsia, which I wasn't, and I knew I wasn't. I knew the numbers. I knew the situation. I knew what the textbook said. And I didn't fit in any of that. And yet, here I was starting to get a little scared. Now, that being said, part of the reason that I ended up going to St. Louis to have AJ was because I refused to get all of those post-dates tests. I didn't want more ultrasounds. I didn't want all of the things because I knew at that stage in pregnancy that those tests are historically unreliable. I'm not going to go into all that today. That's not the topic of this particular podcast. We will touch on that in the future, but I didn't want all that. I knew the cascade of interventions that would follow, and I wanted no part of it, when I felt like everything was normal. My gut was telling me there was nothing wrong, and my gut was correct. That being said, we did some of the natural things that we'll talk about in a minute to try to get things moving along if, I, if my baby and my body was ready, because I was 41 weeks in a day, and if my body was ready, I knew it would work, and I knew that if my body wasn't ready, that it wouldn't work, and either way, that would be fine, and we'll talk about some of the things I did a little bit later, but if I had just trusted my gut, who's to say that he wouldn't have come at the exact same time? I was worried about things I didn't need to worry about, because I knew everything was fine, so think about, are you is your baby moving normally as much as he or she has been? Now, you have to understand once you get to term, once you're 40 weeks, 41 weeks, 42 weeks, your baby has much less room to move. So you should have the same number of movements, but you might have, they might not be quite as noticeable. They might be smaller. They might just be little nudges instead of all out kicks because there's just not enough room in there to get those big movements anymore. But if you're still and you pay attention you'll still feel the movements. So are you feeling those? How are you feeling? Now, I'm not talking about the tired of being pregnant syndrome. That's not what I'm getting at. I know everybody gets tired of being pregnant by this point. I gotcha. I'm talking about how you feel. Do you feel well besides being tired? Do you feel healthy? Because that is another trusting your gut thing. You know if something's wrong. You know when you're sitting there and you're just like, something's not right, something's not right. That goes for pregnancy. Trust that. Trust it. Trust God and trust the instincts and the knowledge that he gave you as a woman and as a mother. Next, trust genetics. It's a weird one, huh? You didn't see that one coming. 
trust genetics. If you don't know, and your mom is around for you to ask, ask her how long she carried you. Now, this is assuming she wasn't induced, of course, because if she was induced, that's a whole different thing. But if she naturally went into labor with you, how many weeks was she? Are you all similar builds? If this is not your first baby, how long did you carry your first, ba- your first baby or your second or however many you've had so far? How long did you carry those? Now, this does change, and sometimes it'll get shorter with subsequent births, but not always. For me, my last baby was actually the longest gestation. Realize that there are things about you that make you special and make you different. And so the amount of time that you carry a baby is going to be different than other moms. It doesn't matter what the textbook says. You are made perfectly by the creator to be you and you are different. Trust that. Know that. Everything about you may be totally different than your best friend who had whatever happened or your friend at church or whoever. Everybody's story is different. So trust trust your genetics. Look at what your picture is and, and only think about that. You can hear the other stories of other people, but we've talked about how sometimes they're just going to tell you the scary bad things. Block all that out. Look at the reality of how God made you and what you need. So we're going to trust God. We're going to trust our instincts and we're going to trust how we're made. And then you need to realize that after you've looked at all those things, you may be sitting at 41 weeks. You may be sitting at 41 and a half weeks. You may be sitting at 41 and six and you're staring at that 42 tomorrow and you don't know what to do because you know what they quote, they, your provider or whoever else is telling you that you're going to have to do. Realize that they will sell you induction as the answer because in the medical world, it is the answer. That's all they can see. That's all they know how to do. You are about to be overdue. That baby is going to go bad. It's going to spoil. We must induce. And while there are some indications for those inductions at times to apply it across the board to every mom who is after her guest date is bad practice and it's not based on evidence. If there are no health indications, meaning something's not going wrong that you know of, induction is not the answer. Induction introduces problems like wedging a baby in that's malpositioned. What that means is if you try to start labor before your baby is in the optimal position to come down through your pelvis and you start creating artificial contractions that your body would not have been making yet on its own, then you start to push that baby down in the wrong position. And you can understand that that's a bad plan. Did you know that there are seven movements that a a baby has to go through during the birth process As it comes through your pelvis, if you look at your pelvis or if you look at a model of the pelvis, you can see there's all kinds of little markers and little ridges and different things. And those all impact the way the baby comes down through that pelvis. And if that baby does not come down the right way, it's going to have a harder time getting through if it gets through at all. That's part of why labor doesn't start until it's ready because your baby is not in the right position yet. We don't fully understand what it is that triggers labor. We don't know if it's something from the baby, something from the mom. There's lots of different theories. But I believe that one of the things 
that has to happen before your body decides it's time to push this baby out is that that baby has to get in the right position. When you try to create labor before that baby's in the right positions, you're setting yourself up for failure. Think of putting a square peg in a round hole or vice versa. It doesn't matter how much you mash it, it's not going to fit. That's what it's like when you try to squeeze a baby through in the wrong position. One of the things that I like to do with moms when I'm one-on-one with them is to show them a model of the pelvis and a model of the baby and show them the way that the baby tucks their head and turns certain ways and does these different twists and turns and all the things so that you can see that there's a certain way way that baby needs to come through. So we need to wait for that baby to get in that right position whenever possible. Sometimes you hear moms talk about sunny side up. That means that basically the baby, when it's born, if she's laying on her back, which I hope she's not, but most moms are, that the baby comes out looking straight up, which means that the pointy part of the baby's head, it's called the occiput, that's the hardest part of the baby's head, and it's pointing backwards the wrong way that it needs to be. And so it causes a really painful labor for the mom because that bone is dragging against the tailbone rather than being the other way when that the soft part of the baby's face is against that tailbone. Well, sometimes those sunny side up situations happen because we tried to make it happen before it was ready. We tried to make labor happen before it was ready. And if we had waited for labor to happen, instead of rushing it, the baby would have been able to rotate into the correct position. Again, I don't know your exact situation. I'm not there to assess it myself. So you need to talk to your provider and see what you all think is best. But I'm telling you that when you hear them tell you that induction is like the be-all, end-all, it's not. Sometimes it can cause other problems and set you up for other issues. I know if you're past 40 or 41 weeks, I know you're stressed. I know you're going to have to go to the hospital, and I get that. And I get that you're scared about that. If you're planning a home birth, I know that in a lot of places, midwives can't attend your birth anymore past 42 weeks. And I get how terrifying that is. Believe me, I get it. Because that's one of the reasons why I ended up making the choices I did with AJ. But realize that stress alone, that worry that you have, that one thing can be what causes your labor not to start. It's a thing that you have, back to the instincts, trusting your instincts. It's an instinct that you have inside of your body that you can't control that protects your baby from being born in a situation that is not safe. I think I've mentioned this before in another episode, but animals in the wild can be actively laboring, actively giving birth. And if they perceive a threat, they can cut off their labor for days so that they can run off and get out of danger's way and have their baby in a safer environment. The same kind of thing is inside of us. If our bodies are not at peace and are not relaxed, they are not going to labor properly. This is an involuntary process. There is nothing you can do to make a baby happen. Modern technology has tried to mimic it. Modern technology has come up with all these different drugs and everything to try to make labor happen. And sometimes it can work when applied at the right time in the right way. But it's being blanket applied to everyone and it doesn't work well that way. You cannot make labor happen any more than you can make your heart beat. You cannot make your uterus contract 
on your own. You can't sit there and try to squeeze it. In fact, if you do tense up and try to squeeze it, the muscles that you're tensing up actually work against the ones that you need to do the squeezing to get the baby out. Did you know that? When you tense up and fight labor, it's a whole different topic, but when you tense up and fight labor, you're actually working against yourself because of all the different layers of muscles that are in that uterus trying to squeeze the baby out. The ones you can control work against the ones that you need to be working. How about that for another reason not to stress and not to fight it, okay? It's just like your heart. Your heart beats all on its own, and there's nothing you can do to make it beat more. You can run and make it beat faster, yes, but can you actually sit there and actively go, okay, squeeze now, okay, squeeze now? Nope, you can't. And you can do things to encourage labor in the same way that you can run and make your heart beat more. But if your body isn't ready, there's nothing you're going to be able to do to make that baby come. And if that baby's not ready, if God has not decided that it's the day for that baby to be born, you're fighting a losing battle. Go read your Bible. Look at all of the stories across all of the history of time of people trying to do things their way when it is not God's way. He's the one that's going to let this happen or not happen. So you might as well put your trust in him because you're fighting the one who controls everything. So trust him. Okay, trust him. Now, another thing you can do if we're thinking about induction, it's not the answer, but we're thinking about it and you want to basically prime your body, try to get your body ready. There's some things you can do to try to prime it and get it ready. Again, it's not, none of these things are going to work if your body, baby's not ready and your body's not ready. But there are some things that if your baby is ready and your body is ready, this can nudge things to go that direction. There are herbal things that you can do. I'm not going to go into all those here. There's just too many different combinations of things, but there's things like black and blue cohosh. There's uh, clary sage. There's, there's all kinds of things. A good midwife is going to know some of those things and might be able to suggest them for you. There's acupressure. There's sex. Yes, I said it. There's that big S-E-X word. And I just had this conversation with a friend of mine the other day who I've known since she was a little girl. And it was a funny conversation, but seriously, it works. And one of the reasons, or it works if your body's ready. And one of the reasons why it can work is because semen that comes from the dad, from your husband, has prostaglandins in it. Well, guess what is the substance that we put up next to your cervix if we're trying to make your cervix dilate in the hospital? Prostaglandins. Ding, ding, ding. You're right. Good guess. So that's why it has that effect. It will soften your cervix to where it will start to be able to relax and begin to dilate. There's also nipple stimulation. Nipple stimulation causes your body to release oxytocin, which is your natural way of creating contractions, oxytocin, which your body will naturally release on its own when labor happens. But when you stimulate your nipples, it also releases it. So again, what do you get when you're in the hospital? Pitocin. Pitocin is an artificial version of oxytocin. So you can see here how all the things they're doing in the hospital, trying to mimic real life, in the way that God made it, you actually have all these options available to you naturally. Now, the next few um, you really needed to be doing in the weeks leading up to being term, but probably won't hurt even if you do it now. Things like dates, red raspberry leaf tea, those kind of things. Again, talk to your midwife and decide if you want to try those maybe. And then last, last, last resort is castor oil. You've probably heard of that. That is something that you can think about. I don't recommend it because of the 
upset stomach that comes with it to say the least, but there are some recipes out there that you can do where that is minimized to where you won't have such a bad time, shall we say. But I really don't recommend that option if you can stay away from it. None of those options really do I recommend if you are in a position that your provider supports waiting and you can just wait because waiting on God is always the best, always the best to wait on him. If you are between a rock and a hard place and you want to try to see if you can get something going to try to avoid completely losing your birth plan, those are some things you can try. But I really, really encourage you to do all you can to keep your brain stress-free and as relaxed as possible because if you are stressed mentally, it's none of it's going to work. Now, I hope some of you that are listening to this are not pregnant yet or you are very early. And here's why. These conversations are things you need to have with your provider before you get here. This is a conversation you should have preferably when you are choosing your provider. And it was one of the things I listed in the episode about choosing your provider that you can go back and listen to. You need to know long before you get to 40 or 41 weeks what your provider's opinion is of what we're going to do if you get to this point. There's a common scenario, a very, very, very common scenario that many moms get induced because of their dates. Even if their dates aren't correct, it is a very, 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 very common scenario that no matter what, when you hit X amount of weeks, we're going to induce you. So here's what you need to do. If you aren't pregnant yet, or if you are very early in pregnancy, Well, if you're not pregnant yet, what you need to do is you need to track your periods well, very well. You can either get an app on your phone or just get a a calendar. You can do this yourself and just write in your calendar the first day of your period and how long it lasted and keep up with that. So you know what normal is for you. You know when the first day of your last period was without having to sit there and go, oh, I mean, I think it was like on the 22nd. I can't really remember. Because when you do that and your provider sees that you do that, they're going to want to do early ultrasounds. And some of you may not have a problem with that, but I know a lot of you do not want those ultrasounds early. And we'll, again, talk about that in another episode. That's not what this one's about. But if you want to avoid those kind of things, and if you want to have a rock solid date to where you know that your dates are correct, and when I say correct, you know I'm saying the guest date is as close to accurate as you can get. It's still a guest date. Then keep up with your periods and keep up with them well and do it no matter what every month, even if you're not trying to conceive. Write them down anyway so that you've got tra- a track and you've got a history of what your periods look like. Just get in the habit of it now. Other things you need to do, you need to stay nourished, hydrated, and using things like red raspberry leaf tea and dates towards the end of your pregnancy consistently. Stay well nourished, stay well hydrated throughout your whole pregnancy so that your body is in optimal condition, excuse me, optimal condition so that it can labor properly when the time comes, so that you will go into labor when the time comes and so that everything will work like it's supposed to when the time comes. And lastly, you need to find a provider who does not think that babies spoil at 40 or 41 or 42 weeks. Find a provider that uses their brain and doesn't just look at the number and think, oh no, post-date's baby must come out now. Get a provider that uses their head and will think through and will let you go until 
your baby and your body is ready. Now, I want to know, what's the one thing that resonated with you most in this podcast? What's the thing that you're going to focus on if you go after your guest date? I want to know if you've already had your baby, what did you deal with? What were you pressured into or what pressures did you face in the past and how did you deal with it? I want you to come on over to our Facebook group if you haven't already. That link is down in the show notes. Come join us. The address is facebook.com slash groups slash your birth God's way. Super simple. I want to hear from you. I want to know what you face so that we can all talk through it together and try to help each other, help the mamas who are behind you, know how to deal with it when they get to your stage, help the moms that'll, that are in your stage right now, have some good plans about how they're going to face this pressure. Because unfortunately, in the world we live in, this broken maternity system we deal with, you're going to face the pressure. So hop on over there and let's get a good conversation going about post-dates and how to make this whole post-dates thing be a dilemma of the past that we can just breeze through and let our babies come when they're ready. Now, if you're the mama who's sitting there listening to me going, yeah, Lori, I hear you. That's all great. But I am stressing. I am 41 weeks in three days or whatever your gestation is. And my provider says that I'm getting induced tomorrow and I don't know what to do. I get it. I've been in your shoes. I know the nerves. I know everything you're feeling and I'm here for you and I want to help you out. So go down to the show notes real quick. Click the link to grab one of those midwife and me power hours. Let's sit down and we will talk and figure out what you've done so far, what your provider's saying, what they're telling you, what you have to do and all the different things. And we can create a game plan just for you in your situation to try to help you through these days to get you to have the birth that you want. I want to help you. So don't sit there and struggle. Don't sit there and wallow in it and think that there's no hope for you. Let's talk and let's figure this out. Just go grab one of those midwife and me power hours. Now, I hope this episode has been a blessing to you and I can't wait to talk to you again next week. Real quick, if today's episode blessed you in any way, would you head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a quick five-star written review? It'll take you less than a minute, but it's the best thank you you can give me. And it will help my show to reach more mamas just like you so we can all find God's best for our families. I'll see you right back here in a few days.